0: Rather than you thinking, I need better, deeper skills to succeed as an executive, the better thought is, I have everything I need to succeed as an executive right now. The skills, the knowledge, the expertise that you already have is enough to help you thrive and succeed in the role if you learn to trust yourself and show up with that decisive energy of a leader. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here, and now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's so good to be here recording this for you. I hope that you are feeling joyful and energized whenever it is you're listening to this episode. I'm Jess. I am the host and creator of the Art of Speaking Up podcast, I come from a successful career in the corporate space, which I said goodbye to back in late 2020, early 2021, to become a full-time podcaster and career coach for women. So this is what I do. And this show is intended to help you build confidence, feel on fire, and unstoppable in your role to find a super powerful voice at work and in meetings and to rise up into leadership roles and really thrive along the way. My vision for you, as well as my vision for my clients, is that you are able to advance into leadership without having to make big trade-offs and big sacrifices. I really believe that as you transition upwards into leadership roles, everything can get better your work can get more interesting, your compensation can get higher, you can feel more satisfied, your confidence can get bigger, you can have more decision authority over your schedule. I truly, truly believe that all of those things can come with advancing upwards, and I see so many women assuming that the higher up they go, the more that they have to give up along the way. I personally Don't believe that to be true. And I know this is a complex topic, but what I experienced and what I personally saw in my own career is that the more of a leadership position I had and the closer I got towards executive roles, the more freedom that I had. Whereas when I was earlier in my career, I still had to show up, still had to work those hours, still had to do all the things, but didn't have as much freedom and decision authority. And the higher I got, you know, it was the same showing up, the same doing work, except there was a lot less people breathing down my neck and telling me what to do, and a lot more being self directed and having that decision power, which can ultimately really support your freedom, your lifestyle, your happiness. And not only that, but I was making way more money and. What really surprised me, which I really didn't know about and I am committed to talking about on this show, is that the growth and compensation that I experienced as I got into director levels and hit that executive status, it was massive and it really supported the things that I wanted in my life and enhanced my life. And I think that is so important to talk about as well. And that's one of the reasons that I really want to support you in your growth, because you deserve those things and you are capable of creating those things. And I don't want anything to get in the way of you deciding that that's what you want and you pursuing that. And today's episode is intended to equip you with a couple of important tools that are going to help you with your transition into management, leadership, and executive roles. My goal for this episode is to do two things. One is to help you let go of some of the icky, heavy things that you think will come with advancing into leadership and executive roles. So you might have some thoughts about who you need to be or what will be required for you to advance upwards in your company that make the prospect of advancing upwards feel super heavy and unappealing. And I want to clear some of that up for you. And the second thing that I want to do in this episode is I also want to help you see what you actually do need to build, what capabilities within yourself are actually needed. Because what I see so often, I see this very frequently with my clients, is they think that they're going to have to give up so much and change who they are and do all these things to successfully transition upwards into leadership. And not only do they not have to do those things, but it's actually a very different evolution and transformation that they have to go through. So the change that they think they have to make is very different than the change they actually have to make. So what I want to walk you through is first, the change that you might think you have to make. And then I want to, to walk you through the change that you actually have to make so that you can let go of some of the parts that feel heavy and laser focus in on the pieces that are most important and that are going to enable and unlock your success as a leader, as an executive, or as someone who is on the way to becoming those things. So there are many different angles to this, but I'm going to focus in on two different parts of this. The first thing that I'm going to talk about is the belief that you have to put in a lot of hours and time and sweat in order to take on bigger roles and bigger responsibility. And I'm going to walk you through why that's not only not true, but thinking that will actually hinder your progress as a leader. So not only do you not have to put in a zillion extra hours, but the more that you think you have to put in all those extra hours, the more it's going to get in the way of you performing really well in a leadership or executive role. So it's kind of a mind F, but it's real and it's true. That's the first one. The second one, you're going to feel like I'm totally lying to you, and that's fine, but I'm going to I'm gonna be influencing and persuading you of my opinion, which is a much better one to follow than some, some of the opinions that I see people have out there which is that in order for you to transition into an executive role, you need better, deeper skills. You need to be more skilled. You need to get better at what you do. This is similar to the other one that I mentioned, the belief around having to work a lot of hours and a lot of time. It's similar in that not only is that untrue, but when you're thinking that you have to get much better and deepen your skills, it gets in the way of you succeeding and thriving in the leadership role. So what is so fascinating about both of these topics is that you have these beliefs about what you need to do in order to succeed in the role. And ironically, those beliefs are acting as barriers for you actually succeeding in the role it's kind of like if you're running a marathon and you think that the best way to run the marathon is to immediately try to do the 26 miles and you're like okay for me to run this marathon i'm gonna go out (laughs) and i'm gonna run 26 i'm gonna go from not running at all to running 26 miles and you think that's gonna help you But that's actually going to prevent you from even being able to run in the marathon because you're going to injure yourself or overexert yourself. And so it feels to you like a great idea to like dive in and do it, but it's actually going to be a problem and get in the way. These things are similar. And the reason that I'm so excited to talk about this on the podcast is because letting go of these beliefs feels good when you let go of the idea that I'm gonna have to get much better at my job and I'm gonna have to work so many hours in order to succeed in something bigger than my current role, when you let go of those things you feel lighter and you feel way more excited about the prospect of advancing upwards because it no longer feels so heavy. So that's what we're gonna be talking about today. I'm gonna start with the piece on time and your schedule, and then we're going to shift into the piece on deepening your skill set. So we're going to start with this idea that for me, for you, not for me, for you, I guess if I say for me, it's as if you're thinking for me. Anyway, this doesn't matter. For you to advance into leadership roles, you are going to have to put in even more time than you're putting in right now. And This is not only untrue, but this thought will prevent you from leading effectively. And in order for me to explain why, I want to walk you through a concept called thinking small versus thinking big. I think this is going to help this really integrate and help you understand this. So thinking small, is when you're thinking about the work that you do based on what is known, what is familiar, and you're thinking about it very literally and very practically in terms of like, this is the work I execute. This is how I execute the work. So thinking small looks like your manager says, hey, can you have this to me by Friday? Thinking small would just be like, Of course, like for me to have this to my manager by Friday, I'll I'll do this on Monday and then I'll do this on Tuesday and then I'll do this on Wednesday and then I'll do this on Thursday and then I'll have it to my manager by Friday. That's thinking small. It's this very familiar thinking about how you do your work. Thinking big is a very different way of thinking. So thinking big would look like your manager says, can you have this to me by Friday? And you start thinking in your mind, Why does my manager need this? Why is this important? How is this serving our objectives? How do I typically deliver this? Is there a better way to deliver this? And how does this fit into the bigger picture of everything I'm doing and all of the goals that we have on our team? And when you begin thinking big and asking yourself those questions, you start to see different options and possibilities. So, for example... As you're thinking big and asking yourself the question of, like, why are we doing this and how can we do it even better, as opposed to thinking small, where you're just asking yourself, how can I just deliver this by Friday? When you're thinking big and asking those bigger questions, you might uncover things that you wouldn't uncover if you were thinking small. For example... You might uncover that your manager thinks that an entire new piece of work is needed to attain one goal or resolve one question, but that there's a better, faster way to help get your manager to that result. When you're thinking big, you might realize that every time you do this type of assignment, you repeat the same steps over and over, and there's a way to save time and make it faster. When you're thinking big, you might realize that you can get this assignment done better and faster if you don't take it on alone and you have the courage to pull in another team or get support from a leader or executive outside of your manager, so expanding it beyond your team. And so as you're thinking big, You're not just looking at this linear question of, okay, how do I get this executed between Monday and Friday? But what you're doing is you're optimizing on behalf of the business. You're optimizing what outcome matters most and making sure that the assignment that you take on is feeding into that outcome. And once you've made sure that what you're doing is supporting the outcome, you're also optimizing, making sure that you're executing it in the smartest, most effective way. Now, you might be thinking, but if my manager asks me for something, aren't they already thinking about that? Like, they ask me for this thing by Friday, they need this thing by Friday. And my answer to you is that's the difference between being an individual contributor versus leading. An individual contributor says, yes, I will get you this by Friday. A leader steps back and says, why does my manager need this? What is the purpose and what is the best way to move this forward? And here's the thing that's so important. Your manager has a broader set of responsibilities than you do. Their brain is spread across more things and more topics than your brain. As someone who's one level below your manager, you have a luxury that your manager doesn't have. That luxury is you have greater focus. So the higher you get up on the org chart, the more you have in scope. And the lower you are on an org chart, the more you get to focus. So your manager doesn't get to focus as much as you do, which means you have more room in your brain to be asking some of those big, thinking questions. They might not have the mental space to be asking those questions when you start asking questions like that and circling back with your manager and being like, hey, listen, I thought about this and I have some perspectives. Can I walk you through it before I dive into executing the deliverable for you? When you start doing that regularly and asking those bigger thinking questions and having that dialogue with your manager, you will very quickly learn, oh, my manager isn't God. They're not the God of the universe. They don't know everything. They overlook things. They miss things. I find things that they don't know about. And then you start to realize, holy crap, It's a good thing that I've started thinking big because all of this time I've just been executing and thinking small and assuming that my manager had it all together, but they don't. And let me tell you one thing that will make you so much better at your job is this one belief. My manager doesn't have it all together. My manager is a shit show. I don't mean this in an offensive way. This is not about being obnoxious to your manager, but this is just like a fun, funny, playful thought that you can hold inside, my manager is a shit show, because it's going to remind you that your manager doesn't know everything and have all the answers, and that your manager benefits when you are thinking big. So that's the difference between thinking small and thinking big, and I want to tie this back to the original point, which is that Becoming an executive and being super successful as a leader, as an executive, doesn't require you to spend lots and lots of hours on things, and I want to show you why. And that's because when you're thinking, oh, it's going to take me a lot of time to to execute and be successful if I want to be a leader at my company and I want to step in this promotion, I'm going to have to overload my schedule and work so hard. If you're having those thoughts, it means you're thinking small. It means you're not thinking big because success as a leader, success as an executive does not come from the quantity of execution that you do. This is so, so important. Success in the higher ranks of your company does not come from the volume and quantity of execution. If that was true, and if volume and quantity and and the person who could produce the most was the most successful and valuable in a leadership role, it would literally just be a contest between who is willing to work the most and sleep the least and not take breaks. And if you see that happening at your company, get the hell out of there, because that is not a normal way to operate a company, and there are plenty of companies that do not operate that way. So it is not volume and quantity of work that makes you effective in an executive role. This is a really tricky transition to make because as an individual contributor and also in middle management, volume and execution is really valuable. But what happens is, is the higher you elevate, the more people you have under you to do the execution for you and your job is to be as out of the execution as possible so that you can be using your mind and your brain to do the big picture thinking, to be asking the big picture questions around what your team should be focused on and what's the best way to move your company from point A to point B, because as a leader, as an executive, Instead of your responsibility being like, hey, you need to execute this thing by Friday, your responsibility is going to be much more directly tied to the business results of the company. So it's going to be something more like, hey, you need to get customer service complaints resolved in half the time. Hey, you need to get top line revenue to be 20% higher this quarter. Hey, you need our marketing campaign to perform twice as strongly as the one we ran this time last year. Your goal is not going to be, you need to like give me this deliverable by this day. Your goal is going to be, you need to accomplish this thing for the business and your smartest way of accomplishing that is not going to be how can i put in all the hours and how do i execute it's going to be that bigger picture thinking of as a leader how do i leverage my team my relationships the assets that we have within this company to deliver this outcome for the business and that level of problem solving has very little to do with time, that's business problem solving. Now of course, once you have a perspective on those big picture questions, of course you gotta step back and and execute it, but you're not gonna be the one doing the bulk of the execution, your team is. So that 40 hour work week or however long your work week is, as a leader, as an executive, you're not using those 40 hours. And I know a lot of you work way more than 40 hours, but I'm just using that as an example. You're not using those 40 hours to crank things out. You're using them to think and lead and make decisions. And so if your schedule is getting fuller and fuller and fuller, There's something not right, right? Because it should never be that for you to have a bigger impact, you have to be doing more. There isn't that same correlation as there is when you're doing individual contributor work. And I also just want to highlight that even in middle management, The way that I view it is that when you're in middle management, you're half individual contributor, half leader. So you're still doing individual contributor work. But when you get into higher leadership roles and executive roles, you let go of so much of the individual contributor work. You might let go of all of it. And so if you're thinking, oh, for me to be successful in an executive role, I have to put in a ton of hours, it means you're still in that small small thinking versus big thinking and you're thinking about that 40-hour work week like how many widgets can i make in 40 hours versus thinking how do i make smart strategic decisions to get my company from point a to point b And that has a lot less to do with how many hours you personally put in and a lot more to do with the smart decisions that you make. Now, listen, this doesn't mean as an executive you won't get busy, but it means that you're the one deciding everything, right? You're deciding how things are going to get done. So there's no one telling you, hey, you need to spend a zillion hours on this thing. You get to make these top down decisions while having a team of people who are there to help you execute. So when you're the decision maker and you're calling the shots and you have talented, motivated humans who are doing the execution for you, it becomes a lot less about volume and quantity and the hours worked. And I really strongly believe that as a leader, I think personally, it sets a bad example for a team to be overworking. For me, part of my definition of good leadership is acknowledging that I am a whole human and I bring all of my focus and all of my heart to the work that I do, but I also have an existence outside of that. And that existence outside of work is an important part of who I am. And by honoring that, I show up to work feeling better, more focused, calmer, clearer, and happier. And I do better quality thinking for my team and my company because of that. When I violate my own boundaries and when I don't honor my needs outside of the work, it not only takes away from my quality of life, but it doesn't serve me, it doesn't serve my company, and it really doesn't serve my team. It sets an example for them that is negative and it perpetuates a culture that is based on a lie, a false belief, That we have to be sacrificing everything and that we can't get the results that we want to get unless we're working like crazy and being really, really miserable along the way. I really, really strongly believe that the way that we think about time and our efficacy has a huge impact on how long things actually take. So of course, having 10 things to do is always going to take longer than having one thing to do, right? But if you have two people and they both have 10 things to do, and one of them really believes that you need to hustle and sacrifice and that their personal time doesn't matter, and the other person believes that everything can be balanced and there's a way to get it done, that second person is going to have access to greater creative problem solving in their mind to be like, how can I deliver these 10 things and not work myself to the ground? And again, this isn't like a perfect thing where you can solve every single instance of there just being a lot of work and a lot of stuff that needs to get done. But I do believe that having a reasonable, manageable schedule is a sign of a mature leader and having a crazy, chaotic, overloaded, exhausting schedule is a sign of a leader who is still figuring out how to execute in a balanced way. And I personally also think that as a leader... I want to set an example for my team. I don't want to be working in a drastically different way than they're working. I want them to see how I work and be able to take that as an example for how they work and for how they're going to lead. So I see it as my responsibility not to be emailing them at 11 p.m. at night, because what's what that's telling them is we email each other at 11 p.m. at night And that is not something that I want to perpetuate with my team. This was actually one of the reasons why I was excited about starting my business because I could make all of those cultural decisions as the person who runs my own business. And you get to make more and more of those decisions as you elevate in corporate. You have more decision power. You can influence culture in a much bigger way. This is why I feel an enormous amount of urgency also in supporting women in elevating into these executive positions because you can shake shit up when you have more authority and more power. I I always share this silly example, but like if the CEO of the company wants Coca-Cola filled water fountains all across the building, that'll happen, right? Like if they want it, they can make it happen. And so if you're an executive, really high level in your company, And there's something that you want, like more reasonable culture, better balance, having great results in the business, but without everyone overworking and making all these big sacrifices and whatever else you might want, right? But if those are things that you want, you have way more power and influence to make those things happen. So to sum up this point and wrap this point in a bow, you do not need to be working tons and tons of hours to be successful as a leader. And in fact, if you're thinking that way, it's preventing you from accessing a deeper, higher quality level of thinking, which has nothing to do with the amount of hours worked and is that bigger thinking on how to make really smart strategic decisions and get the most out of the team and the assets and the skills and knowledge that you have as a leader. So that's the first piece. I'm glad that I restrained myself in this episode to two sides of this coin because this is going to be a longer solo episode. So the second piece, outside of the piece on timing and thinking that you need to spend a lot of time to be really successful in an executive role, is thinking that you need to have a deeper, better skill set in order to succeed in an executive role my goal with this segment of the podcast is to break your brain because this is a belief that i see so often with the women i support and it's a very very strongly held belief it feels very true to them and so you might also feel like what i'm saying is wrong of course You need better, deeper skills to succeed in an executive role. You don't. Straight up, you don't. And the faster that you can practice letting go of that, the faster you will thrive and move into that role. I want us to look at the opposite of that and what the truth really is, because I think it's going to help us focus this discussion. So rather than you thinking I need better, deeper skills to succeed as an executive, the better thought, and what I believe is actually truer, is I have everything I need to succeed as an executive right now. This is so important. There's a practical element to this, And there's also a mindset element to this. The practical element to this is that your skill set will plateau as you get deeper into middle management. You will learn how to execute a marketing campaign. You will learn how to build a growth strategy. You will learn how to write code or do UI design for a particular consumer app or whatever it is you do. You will learn how to do that. Your skills will hit a ceiling and moving into a leadership and executive role is going to require you to guide and lead others who have the same skill set you had, not for you to deepen that skill set or develop brand new skills. Now, of course, leading people you could argue, is a brand new skill. And I do agree, leadership is absolutely a skill, but it's built fastest through having the courage to trust and believe in yourself and take smart, thoughtful, bold action. So being a good leader and being really effective in an executive role, while it is quote unquote maybe a new skill, It's not the kind of skill you learn from a book. (laughs) It's not the kind of skill that you can memorize and study. And some of the skills that you've developed in your role are those kinds of skills where you can learn how things work in marketing or how to code or how to do X, Y, Z. But leadership and managing people is a much, much, much softer skill. And the thing that will make you the best at being a leader, inspiring people, making strategic decisions, making high level choices about what direction to take your team and being able to manage your team to achieve the outcomes that your company wants, what is going to help you get good at that the fastest is being willing to trust that with the knowledge you have right now, the skill set you have right now, and even the skill gaps you have right now, you know exactly what to do to take that next step forward and make a decision. Because good leadership comes from self-trust, trusting yourself, and decisiveness, being willing to put a stake in the ground and get something moving. And when you are lacking self-trust and you're afraid to be decisive, what your mind likes to go back to is, I need to develop more skills and learn more and be better before I can trust myself and before I can put a stake in the ground. So it's sort of like you're at a racetrack and you're about to run a race. And we're going to call this race the race of being a leader, of being an executive. You're about to run this race and you're at the start of the track with a bunch of other leaders. And as soon as the bell goes off, everyone has to start running and you're there waiting for the bell to go off and everyone's ready to sprint. And you're like, but wait, like, I haven't studied the track. I need to read a book on running. I don't know if my running form is good. Am I wearing the right sneakers? And you're so lost in all of those thoughts that you don't even notice that the bell goes off and everyone around you has started running. Maybe those people hadn't studied the track Maybe they were wearing old busted sneakers. Maybe they don't have great running form, but before you know it, you're stuck in your head and they've lapped you because your doubt and that hesitation to just start, just go, just run, just try it, just trust yourself, just make a decision. Because you didn't do that when everyone else did it, they started moving and you stayed in the same place. And even if you studied the track and got the perfect sneakers and got your running form all great, you wouldn't win the race because they're already running. So it's not about having the perfect skills, having the perfect information, having the perfect sneakers, like being ready to go, knowing what's ahead. It's about just being willing to trust your instincts, make decisions, move forward, trusting that your judgment and skills are good enough, and that if for some reason you make a misjudgment, you make a miscalculation, something happens, you fall down on the racetrack because you didn't anticipate a bump, you will get up, you will make it right, you will fix it, and you will keep going. That is what is going to make you effective in a leadership and executive role is that attitude and that willingness. And one of the most powerful ways that you can develop that mindset is to say, I don't need any more skills. I've got what I have and I'm going to make it work. Now, the irony is that that in and of itself is a skill. Trusting yourself and building that decisiveness and that willingness to take action is a skill but it is the one skill that powers all other skills, is the skill of stopping to think that you need more skills. The skill of stopping to think that you need more skills is what's going to make you an effective leader. Now listen, I'm not saying this means you jump into a position where you have zero experience and you have no idea what you're doing, what I'm talking about is you transitioning into a leadership role based on a career path that you already have multiple years of experience in, right? So I'm not saying that you need no skills and no knowledge and no expertise to succeed as a leader. What I'm saying is the skills, the knowledge, the expertise that you already have is enough to help you thrive and succeed in the role if you learn to trust yourself and show up with that decisive energy of a leader. And just like the first piece of this episode, the time piece, when you are in a pattern of thinking you need more skills, it will get in the way of your best performance because you will be that person at the beginning of the racetrack in their head thinking about your sneakers while everyone's running the track you have to understand that you're going to run a better race just feeling like a messy ass unprepared version of you that is the best race that you're going to run it might feel uncomfortable it might feel different it might be a little bit different from how you typically do things but it is what is going to help you succeed as a leader and it is where your confidence is going to come from so in summary You don't need to put in more hours to succeed in a leadership role. You don't need to learn more skills to succeed in a leadership role. Instead, you need to flex the muscle of what it means to think and act like a leader, which means thinking big instead of thinking small and being bold and courageous and decisive with your choices and trusting that the skill set that you have is enough. If this episode resonates with you, you will love my free course on imposter syndrome. It's basically a much deeper dive into this concept of the racetrack and you being at the front of the racetrack and not jumping into the race. I created um, my free course. It's called Three Steps to Tackling Imposter Syndrome. I created it because I saw so many of my clients sitting at the front of the racetrack obsessing about their sneakers rather than running the race. And I really wanted to create a tool to help you and them adjust your mindset so that whenever you find yourself questioning and overthinking and spinning and not starting to run the race, you can snap out of it and be like, I know what I'm doing. I have the skills I need to succeed in my role. It's okay if I feel a bit unprepared or nervous. I'm not supposed to feel perfect all of the time. I'm just supposed to trust myself channel my inner ceo and go if you want to get better at doing that my free course three steps to tackling imposter syndrome will help you i'm going to link it below in the show notes and you can grab it at slash free resources and of course if you want to take this work much deeper and you want to work with me inside one of my programs to cultivate deeper self-confidence so that you are better positioned to transition into leadership and executive roles. This is what I do. I support women in two different ways. I have my private one-on-one coaching where uh, we have a very tight six-month-long partnership where together we work towards developing your confidence and your capacities as a leader and helping you transition into any roles or opportunities that you're ready for. You can join the wait list and be first in line to get a spot when I have a one-on-one availability open by going to justguessitcoaching.com slash coaching and I also have a group program called the Art of Speaking Up Academy, where you get to do this work with me and an intimate cohort of women just like you. The Art of Speaking Up Academy is all about helping you feel more confident in meetings and develop a really strong communication skill set and really learn to speak like a leader. That program is going to open for enrollment the first two weeks of May. To make sure you don't miss the enrollment window because it can go by super quickly, add yourself to the waitlist by going to justguzzitcoaching.com academy. I will link all of this information below in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I had so much fun recording this. I had so much fun firing you up. I hope that you're feeling an increased resolve and increased determination to just get in the race and run it because that is what is going to propel your career forward and make you feel so much more confident along the way. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll catch you in next week's episode.